I didn't hear any of the things you just said because I was screaming about Ebola. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other shawsome shows the network has to offer. For example... Shawsome. Shawsome shows. For example... You should check out the Horrorcast, who most recently took a look at Tales from the Crypt and the Demon Knight. For now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sing to my right is Jake. And the end is extremely fucking nigh, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who has no mod cons. It's Mark. Hello, governors. Wow. Terrible. For those of you unfamiliar Insulting. with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and we argue about it. Uh, and when we do, we spoil the fucking shit out of it. So fair warning on that. This language. week, we watched 2002's 28 Days Later, which was a jack pick. Uh, we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. And full disclosure, uh, we're doing back-to-back recordings this week, so we've already a little bit done the getting drunk part. So we're going to be doing the getting drunker part. Uh, the continued Let's do beers part. for beers. Mark, what are your beers for these beers? I've got you two this week. Beer. Uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit, this is the second time we've recorded this episode because the first time we nah. had some significant technical difficulties. Nah. I would just like to reiterate that my first one was Brainless. IP, uh, it wasn't an IPA. Brainless by Epic. Uh, obviously, zombie movie. That's my tie-in. I have some new ones this time. First up, Union Jack IPA. You know? Nice. Firestone Walker. British I like that movie. Beer. You know, that's one of my favorite IPAs, by the way. Union Jack. It's a mod hop. Yeah, you like that West Coast hop bomb shit. Second up, uh, Big Sky IPA by uh, Big Sky Brewing in Montana. The only reason I have this is because uh, it says on the back, it says, hold my beer and watch this. And I feel like that is basically a description of what happens in like the last quarter of this movie. One of these characters goes full, hold my beer while I just dismantle this group of people. Right. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm going for. That's my. Uh, do you remember what I had for my beer when we reviewed this the first time? It was probably Rainier. Rainier. It was probably really good. Uh, this week, I have ballast have points. Uh, <laughs> I have a ballast point nautically themed beer uh, for a different movie that we've nice. already recorded, and I forgot to get a second beer. So, so you're just gonna keep rolling into that, huh? I don't win. It's a good. I beer. also have some Miller Genuine drafts that I'm drinking. Also um, for the other movie. Yeah, well, Jake, what about you? Well, guys, as as you both alluded to, we attempted to record this at another time, and I had a much better beer then. But uh, this is a peek into the life of, of me. Um, I made a little trip to a brewery today. It's a much-heralded brewery called Tree House out in Massachusetts. And one of the beers I got is called Present Moment. And I feel like right now, this is our time. We're going to live in the present moment. We're going to get it right this, this time. fucking podcast and we're going to get it right. Um, really, it's honestly just they make really, really good beers and I'm excited to drink it. So let's get let's get into it. Get it I right. Like get it, it tight. 
And drinking beers isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We've also watched some other horror stuff, experienced some other horror stuff. So, Jake, hit us up with what else has been rocking your horror world. Yeah, busy week. Only one thing. I did lose a bet. Uh, I don't remember what I even bet, but I was wrong. Uh, I lost it to Mark. He made me watch Pulse. Uh, I was actually, I was excited for this for a minute because I thought I was going to be watching the original Pulse, the Japanese one from like a one. Why would you think that? Cairo. I want to see that movie now because I've actually, like, as I started to get into it, it was like kind of, I was just seeing things about it and it seems like people like that, but no, he, he wanted me to watch the, the 2006 version. Um, it's not good. Nope. It, It was, it was bad. Uh, I, I have basically nothing to say about this other than there's a guy named Ziegler in it. And that's weird. Ziegler is a weird name. And then I have a question follow up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So ghosts kind and of. kind of like digital ghosts. What happens with buffering issues? <laughs> what? You know, I've always assumed that they came through more under the like the youtube approach where like it doesn't actually play until it's fully buffered you know got it uh i mean but if you had slow connection then which you probably would have back in 06 i feel like it's not nearly as much of a threat uh ghosts are notoriously small files to download you're it's only a few bytes Ah, ah, okay. Well, then I guess this movie's perfect. I loved it in that case. So the thing about ghosts, a lot of it resides in your cache, so it's already loaded on your computer, and then (laughs) all you're actually bringing—they reside in in your cache. Yeah, they're cached. They aggressively cache. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. And then when you download, you're kind of just downloading like the last little piece. So that—that's what finishes it off. Well, they just need to keep dumping their cache, cleaning their cookies out. They'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't like it. It sucked. That's all I had. I was always curious why the red duct tape. I really am curious if they ever explain that more in the That the is, Japanese I think version. that's in the original as well, in fairness. I mean, and fair, I but like, they did they ever explain it? Men- I think it was just red. I think it was just red okay. in the original. I don't know. It just looked cool <laughs> on screen. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, Kristen Bell was in this movie. She was not good. I, I don't know if that's an acting thing or, or a writing thing, but it was... Very poor. No one's good in that writing. Movie. Kristen Bell is a delight. Okay, well it was bad. I I had a birthday party where I took all my guests out to see this movie. I feel like that's where like I it? saw it. Was I at that movie? Not well. Mm-hmm. Was I at that uh, birthday party? I, I don't know. What year did this come out? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. So I think this was like uh, when I was hanging out with the cooler older band kids, and I brought Shut all the them. Fuck up, Jack. Party. I need you in two thousand six. The brass section. <laughs> yeah, asshole. Super cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. What else you got, Jake? Nothing. I uh, It was busy. That is got All I had was suffering through this pu- fucking... Wow. I'm glad <sighs> I could make your week. Thanks, Mark. Mark, what's been rocking your horror world? I've got two. One from uh, very recently, and one from quite a long time ago. A blast from the past. I'm going to start on that one. I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, hey. Really? Yeah. A classic. Like the 40s one? The what? The 40s yes, one? The 50s one. 1954. Wow. Okay. Um, Either way, it's black and white. So as you guys will remember, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was for each, at least once a month, reach out and watch a movie like a total blind spot horror classic. Uh, So that's what this one is for this month. (laughs) I've been meaning to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon forever. Reach out and touch blind spot horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I'm really glad I did. This movie stands up remarkably well. They shot it. They seemingly shot quite a bit of it underwater, which is impressive for the time. Yeah. Um, good. Like the, I was expecting like the usual 1950s, 60s monster costumes. That's like clearly just like sculpted clay on top of a wireframe. But mm-hmm. it, they built like a really elaborate costume for this guy. It's I a mean, I've seen costume, yeah, yeah. I've seen stills of this movie, obviously, but like I've never really paid attention to how well detailed and realized the the actual creature from the Black Lagoon is, especially when it's moving around. I, this movie's awesome, dude. It's, yeah, everyone should go watch I, this. I don't know the exact factoid on it, but I know that the actor that that played the underwater portion of the creature had to hold his breath for like many minutes on end. It was. Mind you would have had so. to have been a free diver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one thing is, like, I feel like when they shot this, nature still had this mysterious and dangerous vibe to it where, like, anything from nature was like, oh, fuck, kill it. <laughs> we need to kill it and study it. Uh, and now when you watch it, you're, like, kind of rooting for the monster, which I, I feel like right. is a distinctly don't, don't different. Don't kill this endangered species. Yeah, sure. exactly. We've we've changed culture a little bit in the last sixty whatever years, so uh, there it is sort of like an an interesting little anachronism as far as the way the plot is delivered, but I still think it plays pretty well, um, and it mm-hmm. still looks really good too, which is kind of surprising. Totally, man! Bunch of Jacques Cousteau's filming this thing. Yep. Word. Uh, the other movie is uh, the Snowman. <laughs> Why? Oh Jesus Christ! What? what? Mark, I have a question for you before you start. Yeah. Is this a horror movie? Well, mostly no. <laughs> no. This is okay. it's it's like a murder mystery. It's like a bone collector, or kind of in the same vein as like maybe Seven. Or now I've read some things about this movie, and the consensus seems to be that this is a joke somehow. That this is a, <laughs> a parody of movies that exist. It's all a joke. Yeah, so it's it's just an ambiguously Nordic murder mystery. They somehow managed to cast J.K. Simmons as a prominent. Oslovian captain of industry, which seems like, look, look, I love J.K. Simmons. That might not have been the best casting decision on their part. I've never heard him try to do accents before, and maybe there's well, a reason he didn't. For that. He didn't do an accent. They just this, <laughs> this is all happening in Oslo, and everyone just speaks English with a perfect accent for no apparent reason. Because this is the Michael Fassbender thing, right? He's the main dude. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's hard to keep track of who's doing what. Um, and frankly, like there would be a great horror movie here if you just made a short about this like serial killer, but instead, so instead what they do is they made a short movie about this serial killer and then they made it into a full length movie by throwing in like scenes about Norwegian economics and alcoholism, family drama, and like a little bit of whodunit. There's like rivalry between two detectives that doesn't really make any sense. So they just tacked on a bunch of extra shit that didn't really need to be here. But the if you were to digest this thing down into a five-minute horror short movie about a guy who kills people and turns them into snowmen, which you kind of get a little bit of in this, it would be kind of interesting. So you want this to be a five-minute, not a 90-minute. Uh, yeah, correct. Glowing. That's just <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah, nice. I, I can't say it's a recommend. It's it's not that great. but Great, I won't watch it. Whatever. And you shouldn't either. Listener. I was definitely intrigued by it. Like, the trailers were cool. The ad campaign was cool. But, yeah, ultimately it was a letdown. The The image of a body with a snowman head is cool. It is. Yeah. It is. I like it. Jack? <laughs> so, uh, a while back, I 
started to talk about this movie and then realized it hadn't come out yet, so I don't oh, think God. I was allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that was a total humble brag, you piece of shit. What was Fuck it? Yeah, Black Hollow Cage. What? Uh, this is directed and written by a guy named Sadrak Gonzalez Pedreon. Is the best Nailed pronunciation it. I'm going to do. Yep. Well it. done. Um, thank you. Um, it's a weird movie. Um, we got this one as as like an advanced screener for it. it. It came out limited theatrically. I still haven't seen it available to stream, but I think it is playing some places, and then I'm sure it will be available to stream shortly. Um, this is a recommend for me. This is a good movie. So, I was okay. really surprised. What kind of what flavor of weird are we talking here? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a sci-fi movie, a sci-fi horror movie. Is it actually sci-fi, and or like, are you saying it's sci-fi because you say everything is sci-fi because there's science? It's in it. it's actually sci-fi. Uh, the the like like thirty thousand level uh, view, thirty thousand foot level, view <laughs> thirty thousand level. Is. <laughs> is uh this is a, a young girl who's missing an arm she's working with a guy to get like she has a robotic arm she has a dog that wears a collar that allows it to talk to her she like calls it mom it's kind of weird and then time travel is also involved oh um neat yeah she starts getting warnings from a cube and she doesn't heed those warnings she's offered the chance to go back in time and fix those things it sounds weird it is because weird. it is. This sounds okay. amazing. It, I actually, you're selling this really works. hard to me right now. It works so hard um, for you. And the the word that I keep coming back to with this one is haunting. Like it it has its problems. I think it is. Pay, it's it's an hour and forty five minutes long. It's way too fucking long and self indulgent with all the shots and shit like that. But there's something very valuable in there, and it left me feeling like. Like, this was one that I initially put on with the intention of doing other things, just kind of, like, while it was on and checking it out. But then I, I was in, and I was watching it. And then I yeah. came away from it, like, ugh. Ugh. It's, um... Like a, it's a, like a hit you in the gut? Ugh. Kinda. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. It just okay. leaves you a little bit hollow. It's it's a really good movie. Um, it, it has its rough edges. It's low budget, and it's, you know, a new filmmaker, but it's worth a watch. Check this one out if the opportunity to. It's unique and cool. Are we well talking done. like Looper time travel? Are we talking like Terminator time travel? Are we talking like Primer time travel? We're we're talking closer to Primer than anything else. Oh Christ, God, um, that's gonna be. But not not trying impossible. to be. They're not claiming they're saying anything profound about time travel, unlike Primer. Like, there's nothing that you think you need to figure out for this one with time travel. It's enough. It serves the narrative well. All right. Fair enough. It's it's a recommend from me. Um, I can't currently tell you how to go check this out. I know it's not at screening anywhere in Boise, uh, and I can't find anywhere it's streaming. That's where all our listeners are, Boise, <laughs> Idaho. Yeah, I mean it is where a large chunk of our yeah, it's where are. a substantial that's our friends amount of and family. Are. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Boise. But if you have the opportunity to check out Black uh, Black Hollow Cage, do so when you can and where you can. I'm sure it'll be streaming soon. Good. That's what I have. Noise. Black Hollow Cage. Yeah. Maybe I just like uh, three word movies where the first one is black. Mountainside. Black yeah, Cage. Okay. Rising. Is Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at IdiocyHorror.com this week, we watched 2002's 28 Days Later. Um, and 
we're going to talk about it for the second time now. This week. This <laughs> this was a Jack pick. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I picked this one because this is, <laughs> good work. full disclosure, my wife's favorite horror movie. She's not a big horror person, but this is her favorite horror movie. I got to tell you, that's a hell of a horror movie to be your favorite if you're not a horror person. It's an odd choice, but, you know, she's a bold gal. Um, but is she daring? <laughs> that was a Doritos joke. Adventurously oh. bold, yet surprisingly I, see, smooth. I didn't actually. I thought you were jumping that was on a my Tuwaka joke. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get some whiskey dooskies? Keep it moving. No one knows Keep what we're talking about. Keep it moving. Yeah, we are, we are just deep down the rabbit hole. Jack, I have a question for you. Yeah, buddy. Would you like to give a 30-second plot synopsis about this movie that you picked? I wouldn't like to, but I will. Okay, well, you'll lead us off. It's my solemn uh, duty. That goddamn clock's going to start when you do, bud. All right. Killian Murphy wakes up from a coma in a hospital, confused and alone. Nobody else is around. He drinks a very refreshing Pepsi, and then several more refreshing Pepsis. He runs into some other people that kind of start to fill him in. London is deserted. Uh, then these other people fill him in. They're zombies! He goes to a church and says the end is extremely fucking nigh. And then the rest of the movie is about them trying to survive. Uh, they go to a compound where Chris Eccleston is an evil dude, and they kill them, and they just, like, survive in this post-apocalyptic zombie world. Time. Okay, time. well, time. Uh, do they have any more refreshing Pepsis along the <laughs> they way? They have several. They Honestly, they have several more refreshing Pepsis. And maybe some other refreshing Pepsi products. They get some <laughs> totally. nice uh, state-sponsored lottery tickets. I think they eat a Toblerone <laughs> yes, or two. Do. I can't remember what the chocolate yeah. is. Yeah. This is one of the most aggressive product placement movies. Yeah. I mean, you know, good for them. Getting paid. Oh, that's what I was, that's what I was drinking. I, do, it, guys, listeners, guys. It's been a long time since we tried this one out. And I health. was drinking Lagavulin scotch last time. That got Oh, fun. holy shit. Yeah, you yeah. were you were just getting after it. The things you'll never hear. <laughs> I think I did well with that plot synopsis. Uh, wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I we, we should just add that horror ensues following. Horror ensues. Yes, horror as always. ensues. Yes. Mark, I think this episode's going to come out before the episode where that joke was made. So, so it's well, a call ahead. It's called that's a call, call ahead to a future yeah. episode. Call ahead joke. Keep listening. Guys, that's going to be really funny eventually. That's right a now, teaser for super next Super boring. Week. Not funny yet. <laughs> Give it time. It'll mature like a nice cheese. Yeah. So, and like I said, this is my wife's favorite horror movie. And it's a, she stands by it. She's watched a large, she's not a horror, big horror fan. She's amazing, has watched a large number of horror movies for this fucking bullshit we do with me. And maintains. It's not a a bad choice by any stretch. It's a weird choice, though. I feel like any movie is going to be a weird choice if you're saying your favorite horror movie. What would be a non-weird choice for favorite horror movie? Poltergeist. Okay. Shut up. I don't don't think this is that weird a choice. I don't think this is that weird a choice. Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th. Stop it. You really ruined that weird a choice. So... What interests me is that this this movie. So this is kind of a spoiler for what our ratings are going to be, but this movie hits you like this. This one goes pretty hard in the paint, guys. Um, so a non horror fan jumping in and being like, "Yeah, this is ah, this is for me." That's a bit of a there's a bit of a disconnect there. But I can kind of also see a zombie flick like this where you have the struggle of humanity that ensues, which is really the core of any zombie movie. I can see that breaking through and being intriguing to someone who's not traditionally into a horror type movie. 
So it makes yeah. sense, but it's also like pretty intense on that front. Like I can think of a litany of other zombie movies that are a little bit less intense. And, yeah, totally. So, and so we're clear. This is kind of like at the 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 beginning end of the zombie revitalization, right? Like this was the, the beginning mean, of, the of the end of the zombie shit. revitalization. The beginning of the end of the extremely fucking nigh zombie revitalization. <laughs> what I mean is that this one came out before zombies became wholly saturated in pop culture. Yeah, I would say that's very true. Yeah. The the zombie saturation started to happen roughly around the time Nazi zombies I felt like came out, which was a uh, Call of Duty World at War. Come on. That was that was peak zombie. And that For came you. out in like what, 2008 or 9 or something like that. So, this Sounds is still right. a few years off. Yeah. Uh yeah, and like The Walking Dead and all that shit. Now, I'm not saying that this fact has anything to do with this being your wife's favorite movie. I'm just stating that it is also a fact. Uh, this movie heavily features some some Killian Murphy wang dang doodle. His dong, not on screen for a long time, but very meaningfully on screen. Yeah. Okay, I was I was wondering where you were going to go with that lead-in to <laughs> his, his dong, beautiful. Mama, <laughs> Mad lib. Noun, Ellipse. verb, adjective. Yeah, they feature a lot of Killian Murphy dong. Non-zero amount of dong. Yeah. So from he, him, out of him. Appar- apparently, he did, he like was adamant about filming that scene on a closed set. Which I don't get that. Right. I like get I get I get filming I on a closed set if like you can't if, if like the ultimate like edited version isn't going to show anything. But like if you're just going to hang it out all out there for the world to see and rent and see in like Blu-ray. Yes. What? Why? What? What are you <laughs> concerned Blu-ray. about? Well, that's interesting because we'll get into that soon. But the the Filming of this movie is weird. It is. Digital filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, if we're talking about Dong, we got to talk about, it's weird to me that you would be like, I don't want people physically around me. I totally get that. In a radius. Why, dude? You're going to be seen by millions. Your Dong. So what? But those aren't people that are like looking at me while they're looking at, like, I'm not looking at a person who's looking at my dick. Whatever. (laughs) Own it. I mean, I do frequently. They, the the number of judges have demanded I stop. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, we gotta move on. From that. What is I your guys' experience song. with this movie? Have you seen it before? How many times have you seen it? When was your Thanks. first time it, seeing it? Saw it when it first came out. Seen it a number of times. Uh, this was not a like not an isolated viewing for me. Yeah, I feel like I I saw this not when it first came out, but near there within a couple of years and then i saw it again at some point down the line and then i saw it again for the recording of this podcast which feels like it was about when this movie came out at this point (laughs) i think i saw this movie in theaters because i remember like my dad and i joking about things being extremely fucking nigh a lot but it also doesn't like make that much sense to take a what 13 year old ah 13 that makes sense you gotta show him killian murphy's dong look Kids got to experience the world. See what he's into. That seems like a weird choice. Seems like a, it's a weird thing now. You made it weird. Took a funny joke, Mark, you made it weird. How many, I, how many times have you seen this movie? I've seen this. I think I saw it like once roughly around the time it came out. One of those like great like blockbuster slash Hollywood video movies that you go and you rent and you come back and you oh, like yeah. watch it on a couch. Were somewhere. you an either or family? I feel like you were a blockbuster family or a Hollywood video family or whatever was closer. I don't know of anybody that went to both. <laughs> we were decidedly a Hollywood movie family. 
Hollywood Video. Okay. Uh, but all of my friends lived on the other side of town that was way closer to a blockbuster. So I was, I had my feet in both camps. If it were at my house, it was going to be Hollywood video. If it was going to be their house, it's going to be blockbuster. Now, Jake, it seems like you might've grown up on the wrong side of the tracks. Cause you raised your hand immediately when I said, there's I, no family. Well, I went to both. both. I wasn't like, it wasn't, uh, frequent. I would, I would say I did not frequent blockbuster. I much more typically went to Hollywood video, but I definitely like, I, I experienced some blockbuster guys. I know that popcorn smell well. Well, and so here's, here's a little Easter egg for the old school Boise folks. Ultimately the one that like, <laughs> we are way too deep in the Boise side. Of <laughs> the Boise weeds. The place we went to rent videos was the M and W down on warm Springs that had like a single rack of like 20 videos that would occasionally cycle out. Okay, so for, for the dollar. international or just not Boise listener, uh, that's a gas <laughs> yeah, you station. You start with international. <laughs> well, we have some of those. It's a gas station, okay? It's a gas station. It's a uh, for for you international listeners. It might be petrol. It's a petrol station for you North Korean listeners. It's a Jack the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. <laughs> yes. God, get the messaging on track, dude. That is our biggest demographic, so I do need to get that right. I will say this: yeah, I did no, not revisit. I did. Holy crap! Getting back on the tracks, I did not. <laughs> I did not revisit yeah, this. You don't want you want to hear Jake yelling at me about not looking at our demographics enough. <laughs> you don't look at them. It's shocking. <laughs> this is what every one of my like weekday meetings feels like. It's just people screaming at each other about completely unrelated things. <laughs> Uh, the second time I viewed this was in, was in college. And that was because there was a guy who lived down the, uh, down the hall from us who was a British exchange student and he was like in love with everything (laughs) British. And he insisted we watch this movie because it was underrepresented as far as viewership goes. So we all huddled around a VHS, one of those TVs that had a VHS built into it and we watched it. Now I, it's an interesting point because I don't know what the adoption of this was like, but you know, we're talking quite a few years after initial release when you were in college and this would have been happening. And I feel like this gained. We're talking 07. This came out in 2002. Yeah. So five I years. don't know. I don't know if this, if how long does it take to gain like the cult following quote unquote, like would that have happened by then? Has that trajectory continued? Oh yeah. Oh, totally. It would have happened by 07. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like at that point he was probably wrong, but at the same time, I'm not going to blame the guy. Cause it's a good movie. And if you hadn't seen it, you probably should. No. Yeah. Was I mean, I mean, he flop? was, he was upset with the general level of viewership no. on our dorm room floor. Cause no one had seen it other than oh, myself and maybe my it. roommate. No, this was a tremendous success. This, they filmed yeah. this. So for the listener, they filmed this thing for, it was under 10 million. I'm not sure exactly what it was when you do the conversion and this shit made like almost a hundred mil so like this was a tr- like a, a success and that's why it spawned a sequel obviously how many farthings did it cost to film uh 17 and a half thousand okay that is correct that give or out. give or take a few million <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. give or take a few sixpence yes <laughs> it's a zombie movie thanks oh we're yeah. doing categories now <laughs> cool great what in the fuck's up john is where does this fit into zombie <laughs> All oh, right, That's we're it. supposed to say things. We're supposed to say the, the only thing. We're supposed to lead into the segments. Yeah, good call. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of it, isn't it? It's just a zombie movie. It's just a zombie uh, movie. Yep. Cool. And frankly, it's like one of the zombie movies. <laughs> Stupid fucking exercise. Every time, every week. <laughs> we need to get some more specific uh, subgenres. Oh yeah, our subgenres aren't fucking specific enough. <laughs> zombie this comma is, features. This, is a, this is a people. Yeah. Visit people getting fucked within an urban environment <laughs> by zombies. <laughs> zombies come, they come to us. 
<laughs> Zombies come, we go to them. It's both. It really is both. I mean, who really list. finds who in that situation? <laughs> they find each other. Here's what's point. noteworthy about the, this being a zombie movie. This was one of the first movies to feature the, like, fast zombies, right? Uh, when did the Dawn of the, Dawn of the Dead come out? <laughs> the, the Romero one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not, not the Romero one, fuck. Jesus, the, the exact opposite. The Mackay Pfeiffer one. one. The Mackay Pfeiffer Dawn of the Dead. The yeah. Rob Zombie yeah. one. That was 04. 04. So yeah, if, then yeah. this one came out first, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and they're rage zombies, right? They have, they well, have a... Yeah, notably, they're not even zombies. They're just people who are like really, really, really angry, and that's it. They yeah. are They are riddled with some sort of thing. Look, yeah. this came out around, Anger. like, there are definite inspirations from this that we saw in, I, I mean, around the world, but certainly in the UK at the time. Like, I'm forgetting exactly. This is like Mad Cow, Foot and Mouth. Is that correct? Save me. Those are the know, same science. thing. Great. Well, that thing. Bovine, bunch right? of form and stuff. Hoof and mouth. Hoof and mouth. Yes. I mean, no. well, no, there's, no those are two different things. Mark, you're the scientist. I don't know what he's trying to say. Mark, is hoof and mouth the same as mad cow? No. Oh. Foot in mouth. Foot and mouth. Foot, foot in mouth, mouth is what foot we do most of this podcast. And mouth. Hoof, hoof and mouth is the disease. Foot and mouth is a different foot thing from mad cow. Foot in mouth is what you do when you say awkward things at a party in a hilarious way, like George Jack, Costanza. Foot, foot and, not in. Foot and uh, mouth is a thing. Do you want to bet? Uh, yes. Oh, bet. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> he said yes. Mark, Mark, I trust you to, uh, to, to accurately moderate this bet. Okay, state the bet once more for the record. It's foot and mouth disease or whatever. And I think it's hoof and mouth disease. Okay, I think so, that exists. For the record, for fairness, I do feel like hoof and mouth is a thing too. Or hoof in mouth. To your, it's not foot. hoof in mouth disease, Jake. They didn't I put am their hooves for, in their mouth. For f o o t a n d m o u t h. And the bet is whether or not foot and mouth disease is the name of a real disease. Oh yeah, that's absolutely a real disease. Hundred <laughs> percent. You didn't even <laughs> yes. look anything up. Fuck. I, what about yes. I mean, Jake? Just a second. I'm going to have to look yes, at it. Yes, it, it is a real disease. Before we move on, Jake, I think you owe Jack a movie to watch. Yeah, I do. Um, Jack, I'm not even going to come down hard on you here. Uh, sometimes we just have to, I want opinions about movies out there. And yeah, yeah. Coherence. There's a movie. What did you just say? Coherence? He said coherence. Yeah, that's what I was going to recommend. <laughs> yeah! Uh, I, I have you, to do it now. Need- you have to do it now. Um, listener, this is available on Shudder, so you can find it too if you pay for Shudder, which you should. Uh, it's, Shudder, it's give us program. beers. Yeah. Uh, Jack, watch Coherence and uh, chime in on that sci-fi chunk of candy. It's really not even Will sci-fi. do. And when I do, I'll wake up from a coma in a deserted world and crack open a nice refreshing can of Shudder and just drink it down. Now... That was I'm doing beers. a joke about the product placement in this movie. We are not sponsored by Shutter. <laughs> we, we should, should be, be, but I feel like at this point we've given it away for free for so long that they're probably just not they're not going to turn around and start giving us money to do exactly what we already do. Shit. We can That's... stop for a couple of weeks. That's long enough, right? 
We got to figure out who their competitors are. <laughs> Maybe we should start talking about what this movie does right, since we're half an hour yeah. in. I feel like, and uh, we haven't feels really right. started talking it about feels this right. thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I'll start. The thing that immediately comes to mind for me is that I, the the opening sequence to this movie, all joking with Pepsi product placement aside, is iconic. It's one of my favorite in flat-out cinema, let alone horror. The What they went through to get the scenes of Killian Murphy's character roaming through London and his as dong. it's deserted. His dong, too. It's part of him. It's attached to him. It's attached um, to his body. They haven't cut his body off. Nope. <laughs> also call it. It's astounding. It, it hits you very hard. His dong is also astounding. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apparently they failed to film at about four a.m., five a.m. and right, they legit this isn't, this isn't shut down streets of London, like popular streets of London, to, to but make without these shots. the budget. This isn't a Mission Impossible movie that can go close down Pittsburgh or Denver or wherever they film. Like this is this fucking a ten million dollar movie. It's crazy. At, yeah, and I mean, it paid off, obviously. You get these shots of him walking along London Bridge or one of the famous bridges outside of Parliament. I don't know if that's actually London Bridge or not, but... I heard it's falling. <laughs> uh, my fair You're lady. an idiot. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a shot of him alone in a hospital gown walking along a deserted street covered in Parliament, uh, like, whatever, memorabilia. yeah. Is is one other... of the like lingering shots of this movie that you'll remember for a long time? Like totally, probably very expensive, but money well spent. Yeah, and it's and it's super well executed, both from like a shot. Sta- I mean, executionally, you just mentioned it with the way what they had to go through. Sh- the shots were really good. They were well chosen. They were impactful, and the soundtrack was also really good. That was a Godspeed, you Black Emperor song. Yep, and the, <laughs> that the flag rising. Blues? The rising tension of that that leads up to ultimately the next scene, which is your first zombie reveal, is perfect. Ooh, and, that, and, that, and that first zombie reveal is amazing, too. Yeah. So he stumbles into a church. And he's, he still doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Starts yelling yeah. at people. And yeah, he, he's been, he doesn't know anyone. And, and, then, and the other thing that's great about that opening scene, Jake, to your point, is he's doing what you'd be doing. Like, I'm not, I don't know what's happening, but I know I've woken up. And there's nobody the fuck around, so I'm just grabbing like bags and shoving everything I see that's valuable I'm, or yeah, I'm into a bag. I'm absolutely going for as much Pepsi as possible. You're right. He's grabbing. Pepsi I love Pepsi, but he's also grabbing like cash. Like he's grabbing everything that could be valuable or helpful to him. Yes. And Killian Murphy's a great actor, believably so. <laughs> so Before I would probably worked. try and find a car to drive. I feel like if I wake up in an abandoned hospital, I'm probably going to try and not walk. You know, everywhere. He's just Why? Been, feels, I feel he's like he's spry. yeah. He's ready for it. He's Maybe. ready for he's the world. Man. I guess. I guess that's fair. I'm just saying my my personal strategy would probably not be to walk around everywhere. But that's just me. That, that's because like, you're where lazy are you going to drive to? Well, that's where fair. are you going to drive to? You d- downtown is everything. London. I think he's he's heading toward his parents' house. So yeah, there. I would drive there. Then yeah, zombie reveal scene. Yeah, it's great, man. You got a bunch of dead bodies in a church, and he makes a bit of noise, and it's really cool the, because it's, well, a stag- it's a stagnant shot, static shot. So I think and one of the most iconic things of this movie is the end is extremely fucking nigh, right? Yeah, Painted cool, on man. the wall of the church as he goes in. Which, I mean, yeah. who hasn't seen that painted on a wall? Am I right? <laughs> I've honestly seen that graffitied places since this movie came out. I don't doubt that at all. My question yeah. is, like, who is the person 
there is a zombie apocalypse happening, and they're like, I need to paint this on the wall. I need to get my rattle can and paint this up here to warn the people. <laughs> I, totally, man. People are lunatics. People do all sorts of crazy shit. That's fair. When he gets in there, that static shot, though, of dead bodies. Everybody dead noise. in the church. Yeah. And the two sit up, and there's something about that that is so haunting to me. I don't know if it's like the, the look on their faces. They're so far away. I think it's, it's the eye contact. One of them is looking directly at you. It's kind of like looking at the Mona Lisa. Like, his eyes just follow you around, you know? Actually, yeah, it's a, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that this is also, like, where you start to... Like, it happened during the whole opening sequence, but you really start to notice the grit and the grime and the grain of the film here. The way they approach the filming this movie is pretty ballsy frankly like this thing is filmed in such a lo-fi quality that I, I i don't know if you get away with it honestly in most films but it works so well here so because it just brings you down to like the level of experience that he is having it to such a degree that i, I was blown away again interesting away again. interesting little bit of film history here this is one of the first movies that was filmed in like fully digital format you know you're not actually using film film you're just filming on you know, onto a hard drive essentially uh, the the technology wasn't totally there and they knew that so they made the decision to film within this medium because they knew it looked grainy they knew it looked authentic and realistic and grimy and honestly like legitimately just kind of shitty because that's the feeling that they were trying to go for and if you'll notice at the very end of this movie they actually go back to filming on 35 millimeter and those scenes look beautiful and amazing and they stand up today because yeah. you know film is pretty well i mean pe people still shoot on film for exactly that reason that's such an interesting jump too because i didn't notice it but now that you mention it like i get it the end is so verdant and like the the setting change is noticeable too so it kind of like totally makes that totally. shift with you and, and your brain kind of just goes with it but yeah that's that's a pretty incredible way to go about things for sure so it's it's nice that they actually like put it out there that we're choosing to film on this one because it looks bad. And we're also making a change at the end of the movie to note from a narrative standpoint that like things are less fucked up now. <laughs> so the yeah. digital format is directly correlated with how fucked up things are. That's smart. I like that. I like that. It's yeah, a good way to do cool. it. Yeah. Still looks bad. Still looks bad. I mean, it doesn't look good. It doesn't hold up well. So how did you guys watch this? It does hold up well. It doesn't look good. And I like that about it. How did you watch this? Amazon. I'm pretty sure I rented it. Me too. And the aspect ratio seemed really weird. Like there was there was black spots on my TV. There they they like letterboxed it to get it in there. It you weird. mentioned this in the chat, and I. That's probably true for me too. I can guarantee it was true for me too because we rented the same thing. I, for whatever reason in my brain, I don't notice that until like the letterboxing goes away. So I, I didn't make that note at all. I thought it looked normal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it was a weird ratio. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think there's also like a lot of very zoomed in. Like you get sequences where like it's half of people's faces because it's so tight on them. It's just kind of like splotches of like human body. I mean, also bear in mind that this is one like when this movie was filmed, they were still sort of it was still mostly four three that they were shooting for for home video. 16 by 9 but this didn't wasn't really come out to until be later. in home video. But, say that again? 
this wasn't a home vi- this was a theatrically released movie right but, but you still have to bear in mind that video. like when it goes to vhs it'll be cut into a 4-3 format so that's how you frame your shots and everything 16 by 9 is obviously f- like the, the main thing now because that's what the you know flat screens are but <laughs> thanks that transition didn't really happen until probably the mid 2000s like 2005 2006 ish it was out there in 2002 along with the transition to digital filming and stuff like that but like it's interesting to me that this is the beginning of a transition be- like there was nothing HD TVs were out there but no one really had them they were still super expensive there wasn't any content for them like this is the tail end of the CRT TV essentially yes but that doesn't like plenty of movies from this era still look good and don't do the letterboxing thing when I watch them now. Yeah, like Ghost Ship. <laughs> Mark? <laughs> so many call aheads. These, t- these references You're make no this, sense. <laughs> this is the call ahead episode or the call back episode, frankly, depending on when we release things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hate you so much. I like their take on the zombie. I'm just going to change subjects. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, that that uh, that uh, uh, foot and mouth zombie is great. <laughs> but the especially because it's zombies, not. They're good. They're just. It's just really, really angry people. It's a virus modeled after Ebola that is just rage. They're just really angry. Sure. Yeah. And eat people. They're apparently not undead. They don't take a. They don't take a headshot to kill. They're, totally. They're just yeah, people, they, and they they die if they don't feed. Right. I mean that's true of all zombies, but well, they don't really eat zombies. Any- no, no, they don't really eat anything. They don't really eat people either. They just kill. They definitely eat. They have no. to eat. That's how they win. Eventually, they don't. That's win. How they win? By, they don't outweighting them. Oh well, there are very a competitive bunch of different endings group. of this movie. They don't. The zombies don't eat the people. That's why they eventually die. Well, yeah, but they, what I mean is they have to feed. Like your Romero zombies, I think would would keep coming after you for weeks. Regardless of whether they'd had sustenance or not. These zombies need sustenance. They're people. They die. I think they satiate themselves drinking, like, lovely Pepsi products. Oh. You know, very, nice, nice maybe, how that, maybe that's how they last longer than, like, five minutes. <laughs> Pepsi. They, they start getting fat. They, the, the longer you go into the movie, the fatter they get, because they're drinking so much Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. I would Sponsored love to have seen, like, Pepsi. a... I would love to have seen, like, a Pepsi Crystal cameo. That would have been great. <laughs> oh, Crystal Pepsi. What a weird thing that was. Yeah, for a hot minute. I feel like that would have been roughly the right timing for this, too. It was, like, early it 2000s. It totally would have been. I want it. What if this has been Crystal Pepsi sponsored? <laughs> oh, that would have made this... Uh, I, that would honestly would have bumped it up at least one whole point in my overall rating. <laughs> Crystal Pepsi sighting. Spi- <laughs> I really like the use of props and and place in this movie. So there's there's so clearly different distinctions between the different scenes, right? There's the downtown scenes. There's the slight suburb scenes at his parents' house. There's the scenes in the classic British taxi, which I fucking love. Those are great. Uh, and then there's the countryside. And they, they do a really good job of making the places feel like different places. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that, like, they go on a journey here in, like, more of a significant way, just in terms of, like, 
literal physical space than you typically would see. Everything also holds a significance to it, like that that compound that the soldiers are on at the end. The Chris Eccleston compound, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a significance it's what it's officially known to that. as, yes. Like, everything kind of, like, holds... There's a reason for everything that's happening, and I think that there's a lot of care that honestly even goes beyond me, like, if you go back to the filming and how well this thing is shot, like, everything that happens when they're on that compound is kind of, like, framed and centered around that uh, that statue, which I, I don't even know the name of, but it's... there. I, I do remember seeing something about how it's basically about the, like state of human agony that you exist in uh it's some roman thing i don't know that's for nerds. the milo divina uh no it's like <laughs> something in his sons but anyway that's for smarter people than myself it was just very noteworthy and interesting and it goes to show the care that was taken to kind of like set those stages uranus Tom. and his progeny no oh okay well, it was a good guess at the very least yeah <laughs> was it I feel like it was pretty good. It's guy. like it's like Lao Kuhn or some shit and his sons. Okay. <laughs> what else is the movie? Okay. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> um <clears throat> this is the pacing in this movie is really interesting. I honestly feel You're like it really could probably if it hits you wrong, it can take you out. But I think ultimately it's pretty good. What they How does it hit you wrong? What they do is they allow you to take a breath in between every single scare. And so you go from the church, right? That's the initial reveal. You go from the church. You take a moment to breathe when he meets the first survivors. They go to his house. And then random freaking zombies through the plain glass window. And then, like, moment to breathe. Zombies, moment to breathe. Zombies, moment to breathe. It kind of makes it... It stretches the movie out a little bit it makes it a little bit slower but it also gives you time to kind of like get back into being comfortable in between individual scares sure sure i like that buy that no additional commentary from the peanut how, gallery how does Good. it maintain how does it maintain the scariness though throughout it doesn't it, i yeah as you get towards the compound it becomes so much more well, it becomes so much less like most zombie movies do about the zombies themselves and more about the condition and the state that you're in and who you're dealing with, which this one definitely does with the whole commentary about the soldiers and and people. Right. I mean, uh, once they reach safety, you almost forget that zombies are out there. They're obviously trying to, like, figure out a plan to get to this beacon that they're trying to reach. But right. for, there's a substantial amount of this movie where you're just like, they're safe and they don't really need to go anywhere. But, you know, but they're really not. They can't just stay there. You, know? you have to ask the question that's like, what worse? what's worse? Is it like what we were doing out here to survive against the zombies or is it having to deal with the like terribleness of people? Sure. So common zombie question. I, Very common zombie I, question. Yes. <laughs> I think something else is it's it's kind. I mean, it's certainly we could have picked a better movie for Women in Horror Month, but this is Women in Horror Month. Um, this has this a was pretty, supposed to come out in January. It was. This has a pretty fucking badass uh, female character in it, in Naomi Harris's character. What, Selena? I think her name was. Um, Sounds right. And she's now, yeah, and she's supposed to be she's supposed to be a pharmacist, I think, from the original life, right? Right. But all she is is just a fucking badass, no nonsense, taking care of business character who randomly has Until, Valium on her at all times. Right. Until she needs to be saved by an inexplicably like 
gone rogue Killian Murphy. Which brings me to what this movie does middle. I hope you guys were done with what this movie does right. Killian Murphy's character has a hell of a shift. Holy shit. He He goes from being poorly. He goes from being like a milk toast nobody. Milk toast is the exact word I was gonna use. Yeah. And then he's just like, hold my beer. I'm gonna dismantle this army regiment. Yeah, I don't think anyone as gaunt as him is taking down an army platoon. He moves about as though he were a ghost. (laughs) And then he jams his thumbs into people's eye sockets and, like, just goes full commando. Which, I mean, frankly, look, that part's bitchin' and awesome, and it's great to watch. But also, wholly unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. What was he? He was a bike courier? Yeah, he uh, he was a regular puck. From the real world. You know, I, w- I would have gone more with, like, a premium rush type of situation, like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt type of guy. I was going with, like, the platonic ideal of the, the bike messenger archetype. Your pucks. You gotta wear multiple pairs of socks and stick your finger in the peanut butter jar. Mark. I don't have the the depth of understanding of MTV's real world that you do. That's a shame for you. So I'll just defer to your expertise and agree with you. Yes. Total his puck. socks Total would start puck to smell archetype. bad, and instead of washing them, he'd put on new clean socks over the old socks. Man, that seems like a nearly bottomless well of drama that you could just you could milk that for an entire season. You know what? You could, <laughs> and they probably did. <laughs> President Clinton spoke at Pedro's funeral, guy. And uh, uh, Jake, you haven't said anything in in quite some time. What? I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you don't have much to add to the real world conversation as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on Puck or jo- Joseph Joseph Gordon Gordon Levitt. Wow, Joseph you know Gordon Judd, Levitt. One time he was like supposed to be a hero guy, but when his cartoon got published, he stole all the papers from the newspaper machine. He put it in his Shut one quarter. Shut took the all up. the papers. Shut the fuck up. What? Shut up. Let me tell you. Does this let movie me tell do you? Wrong. Yeah, I got I got one big one worded thing for you guys. Hit us with your best shot, Jake. Fire away. You ready? Mm-hmm. It goes a little something like this. Hit it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> when her dad is clearly the most so dead to guy explain, who's ever been. Yeah. Dead. To explain something, Brennan Gleason's character Frank, he gets filled like filled with lead. Right? He is so chock full of bullets. And this is Mad Eye Movie. Twenty seconds if you later, don't know in the most delayed reaction in potentially movie history, his daughter Hannah is like, "Dad, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he dead." It's not. Yeah, she knows he's dead. <laughs> she she knows he's dead, and the tone she takes is like, "But is he okay? He was yeah, just shot four times. Okay. He's dead. He's not hurting because he's dead. We can make him stronger, it's not good. faster." What did you what did you think of his whole scene with getting the blood in the eye and turning into a zombie immediately after that? I mean, it's a good um, enough scene, but it's so yeah. many bad decisions. You know this thing is spread by like blood contact and he walks over to the post and kicks and he's it the character and that's disturbs like explained it. explained that to other people. He had a moment and he paid. Oh, he paid. It's also like holy like mist level or isn't that what it's called? Yeah, mist level where like couldn't they have just showed up about 25 seconds earlier wouldn't that have just they made everything a little bit easier already positioned in the bushes they were just waiting to see if this guy fucked himself and he did <laughs> yeah they were laughing about it we clearly get to feel like what these we get a feeling for what these guys are Mark, like later you're forgetting the these guys aren't the heroes i mean 
That's fair. That is fair. I wow. So do you think, do you think they like were a whole two weeks? They need to create children within the world of this movie. Do you think they were waiting for him to like some one of them to take themselves out before they actually Maybe. saved them? I don't know. That okay, Jake. You you said it. That's another thing this movie does wrong. The the whole Chris Eccleston group of paramilitary lunatic compound freaks. They go from six to midnight on the let's murder and rape all the women immediately. It has been a matter yeah. of weeks. It's been yeah. like three weeks since this thing started. And they're like, uh, <laughs> it's time for a compound and we're going to turn all the women into sex slaves and just murder that. everyone we see. We're I love that on. the name, the guys, <laughs> like, guys, oh. guys, the name of the movie is 28 Days Later. And Jack yeah, can't manage, <laughs> Jack can't translate that well, into no, a number of Marks, weeks. Mark, Mark. You don't know that it happened on the first day of his coma. <laughs> we're, we're pretty sure, based off of the construction but, of the movie, well, okay, it definitely but, but happened after. The, the other characters say that two weeks in, you couldn't go to the store anymore because they were out on the streets. So there were two weeks where this was like a normal disease. So I feel like that's not true. This, this isn't just a normal disease. You get, you don't get like a touch of the of the. Rage. There were two weeks where this was a bad disease. In no case <laughs> was a little it under apocalyptic the for longer than a week and a half. And these this whole compound's first instinct is sex slaves. It's time. <laughs> repopulate. We got to repopulate. <laughs> I mean, look, I get, I get that uh, this is like. Com- <laughs> I get, I get the sex is, slave thing. I get it. No. <laughs> I get that this is commentary about like guys being shitty and stupid. But if we we wouldn't we wouldn't be that shitty and that stupid that quick. It is Come an on. abrupt transition. As a gender, give us a little bit more credit, please. I, I like how quickly the guy folds. He's like, look, they they were they were they were angry. They were gonna quit. They were gonna kill themselves because they couldn't make babies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. There was this whole wave of existential dread, and I was like, you know what? You know what cures existential dread? Kidnapping women for sex slaves. That, so that's what we did. You know, <laughs> that makes it totally forgivable, right? So fucking stupid. Uh, it's so weird too. <laughs> God. But in fairness, guys, this that is something it does wrong. I agree. But in fairness, if that's how the if that's the reality you're living in, at least they got what was coming to them. They did. They got a they full-on commando did, yeah. Killian Murphy to thumb their eye sockets. This is a great justice movie. You get justice out the wazoo. Out Except the nicest dude the in the world who was just trying to take care of his daughter got blood. You don't know. Eye. Have you ever sat down and had a drink with Killian Murphy? Maybe he's a dick. No, no, no. Not he's, Killian he's talking Murphy. about Frank. Frank. He's talking about Mad-Eye Moody. Talking about Frank the Tank. That's why he got Frank. the Mad-Eye, because it got full of blood. I th- I honestly think movie? these might be in the same world. Think about it. What is, is this Mad movie canon to Harry Potter? This is yeah. what's happening in like the Mad human Moody is Harry world. Potter? Yeah, I mean, yes. there's an outside chance that the rage virus was caused by like an errant spell that was cast. Hey, you know? here's 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 a question. The in the Harry Potter world, okay. the the devil wizard's going to ruin the whole world, not Voldemort. just the wizard one, yep. right? Yes, Voldemort. Yep. Why don't they let like? Just let SEAL Team 6 take a crack at him. He's going to ruin the whole world. They keep it to themselves yeah, he like di- a bunch he, he of fucking died, assholes. He would have died real quick. Uh, you know, there's there's some, like, explanation that happens, because this is a very well-discussed topic on the internet. 
that he has some char- he has a charm around him that is he's invisible to muggles or some type of thing. So they like literally couldn't aim at him if they wanted to. Charm them to be able to see him. That's not how charms work, buddy. Oh, I didn't take charms. Yeah, no, neither did I. Because I'm so. What's going to have to happen? Clearly, because this is all a British thing. And sorry, guys, you'll have to just unload your entire nuclear arsenal all in New England, New England, England, (laughs) old England. (laughs) But why not both? Just do both. Do both. Do both. I live here, and it sucks. So do both. (laughs) You live in New England. New England as well. Well, and that's actually like a subplot of the movie is they're trying to figure out whether or not they're quarantined. Like, whether or not the United Kingdom as a whole is just walled off from the rest of the planet. Yeah, so I feel like, as a primer to if you're considering raping women to repopulate the Earth, figure out if the rest of the world is okay first. Right, that's going to paint you in a pretty bad picture if they come and show up and, like, (laughs) rescue you and you just have, like, a weird sex cult happening. Like, Let's say that, yeah, that happens. And then, like, we're, four days we're two later, months Germany in and you've comes gone full in. sex cult. Germany's totally fine, and they come in, and they're just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what in- have you done? So that's actually, that's the interesting question, right? Because there is a scene in this movie when they had tried to kill Killian, and he looks up, and he sees a jet flying overhead, which is implying that this is not the end of the world, but this could potentially be a contained incident on the British Isles. Interesting to note. And now, I mean, they how ended could they up be that cut off. How could they be that cut off from things? How could you not be that cut off from things? I feel like that was, okay. it would make so oh, yeah, much more sense. Smartphones. It would make so we, much we more haven't... sense for the UK to be completely quarantined. than this has spread to the whole world because, yeah, but because the, the viral, the like the, whatever you want to call it, the incubation stage for this thing is like 45 seconds and that's it. If that. we have how the fuck is a plane going to land anywhere other than this place? With a with a rage zombie on it. We haven't talked about this yet. This movie embodies the platonic ideal of what zombie movies need to do of it has to be the apocalypse has already happened. You cannot have a zombie movie that makes any kind of sense that shows it happening because that's not how viruses work. It's not how anything would work. None of it is logistically possible. You have to already be in the zombie apocalypse. Oh. It doesn't because... I disagree with that. What? I feel what like you can it? you can start to it depends on what your like mechanism for deploying the virus is. If if your incubation period is it like it is in this one where it's like literally a few seconds and then you're a zombie, not not achievable, it's going to get quarantined immediately, which is what they ended up doing for this franchise. If it's something a little bit longer than that and you can hide a bite for like a few days, totally understandable. The zombies are going to be everywhere. Human beings are tremendously good at putting diseases away and killing things that end up killing people. Like, we've done this throughout history, even in times when we knew nothing about anything. We survived the Black Plague. The Black Plague wiped out, like, a third of the human population. And we survived. Because we bled people. A few years ago, we had an Ebola outbreak in Africa that I'm pretty sure is actually still kind of happening that made it to the United States. It made it to the United States. Yes. So I don't know what your point is. Like, it made it here. In fairness, People, that's she, what this one, was. one of the nurses came home, vomited in Mark, a parking lot, and... Mark. Just Mark, because no one has caught never it, happened with any of that? 90% of the people you see are infected. I didn't hear any of the things you just said because I was screaming about Ebola. Fair. <laughs> 
That's this what is the thing is. Hold on. If you have the right combination, if you were to if you were to pitch it right and have the right combination of of like virulence with incubation period, you could easily have you you could easily sell a zombie outbreak in a movie and have it make total sense. I don't I don't I don't buy no, no, this thing where it can only for, happen. No, after no, for the it fact. for it to make sense, then they have to die out really quickly. There there's no way to realistically show the start of a zombie apocalypse. You have to, and this movie, it's in the goddamn title. You jump in. And they knew it. You jump into the zombie apocalypse. It's already happened. We don't have to show you. I guess that's fair. There are some zombie movies that deal with like the the patient zero to two weeks later type, the fourteen days later of sorts. What do you talk? What, which one? A prequel. Uh, viral is the one that comes to mind, and that was actually really interesting. Of like watching the people go through the quarantine process with like occasional zombies outside, and then they just didn't pay attention. You know, go watch Viral. Viral was a good movie. I'm- I'm thinking about like the hot zone, right? That that uh, Michael Crichton book about Ebola or outbreak. I think Crichton outbreak book. was the but movie they made of that, right? I don't. I don't know. Was 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 the hot zone a Michael Crichton book? Fuck, I don't think it was. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Shit, I don't think it was a Michael Crichton book. Uh, outbreak but, like, was good. Though. That's that's about all the hook viruses like Ebola and how terrifying they are and that kind of outbreak and still how even in the face of all the shit that went wrong, they're still quarantined. <laughs> Yeah, like but still, so this is but but you can easily make a movie about being caught behind the quarantine fence, which is kind of what this movie is. And that's called, what's yeah, scary. Yeah. Like you're healthy, but you can't get out of the quarantine zone. That's that's honestly like a pretty creepy thought. You're you're yeah. trapped in there with them and in this case they're zombies and they're mad at you. Yeah. And kind of that that uh, District Nine movie, right? <laughs> Except that's not quarantine; that's aliens. But I'm impressed with the fact that we were able to bring that random train of thought Brett back onto the tracks in like a pseudo on top. That is way. pretty shocking. Oh no! I, I, I as a, as a listener to that little thing, you didn't bring it back. Trust me, we brought it back. <laughs> Let the record show we brought it back. No, I'm I'm on the side of the. I'm, well, I'm you're wrong. You, I have another qualm with this movie. Do you? The volume normalization you across this movie is impossible to deal with. Yes. It goes from You're being silent remote. to being uh-huh. like ear shatteringly loud every other you can't scene. Hear, you can't hear a word they're fucking saying. And then you turn it all the way up. And then there's an explosion and it's the, you, you blow out your speakers. It's awful. Yep. You are working your thumb out and you might damage some of your some of your uh, home theater system equipment, which is not great. It's a problem. Don't watch this one with, like, in-ear headbuds. Oh, yeah. No, this no. is, yeah, you'll murder your ears. You'll pop an eardrum. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> it's a very immersion, like, immersive experience because you will be bleeding from your ears afterwards. I don't know if you guys have anything else that's, like, objectively wrong with this. I've got some nit. I mean, it's a bit, Ooh, I've it's got a, a bit of those. tropey, but you know what? We can just, we can fly right back. You know, you know where we're at? <laughs> You like didn't even finish your word before you. Yeah. I like to interrupt myself sometimes. You know that was pretty amazing. I interrupt you guys enough. I like I, I I'm keeping it equal. I have to interrupt yeah. myself. We're at nitpick okay, station. Here, here's my big one that comes right at the end of the movie. Do it. Killian wakes up. They are busy, basically doing their like SOS signal in their big ass <laughs> lawn by the lake up there Which, in the uh-huh. Scottish Islands. The most efficient way is to steal every sheet from every town near them why? so that they can sew it together to form a, a message. Why that instead of like smoke signals or some fucking shit? Just anything. B, anything other than what they're doing. And B, if you are going to be doing what you're doing, why 
hello instead <laughs> hello. of help or hi or S O S. Hi, or, hi would how be about great. Hi, how about making it fuck. Fucking whatever number I, of letters shorter. I want to see the next shorter. scene of the plane you see flying overhead, driving by me. Like, all right, we're looking for survivors, Jim. What are we gonna find? Oh, hello. Oh no, they're they're clearly okay. They're just greeting us. Uh, they yeah. they obviously don't need help. Otherwise, they would have spent less resources to write the word help. Yeah. They went out of their exactly. way to make it clear they didn't need help. And like, if you're gonna write that much, is it is it like the typical thing to put into these movies uh, alive inside? Isn't that the isn't that the message you want to send? Sure. Mm. Or just like that go was with so help. stupid. It's it's shocking. It's hello. shocking. Guys, we just we just haven't gotten there yet. They're what the whole message is, hello, comma, we are alive inside, trapped within the quarantine zone, and would like out, please. We have not had contact with the rage zombies, and if we have had contact with these rage zombies, they have not infected us, and we would like to be evacuated, por favor. Cheers! They, us. They, they that's their whole message. They sheets. haven't gotten around. They didn't have yet. enough sheets in that small town. They were. It was a work in progress. They're getting there. I mean, you know, it's only twenty. They've only had four weeks, so they okay. were gonna have to. They were gonna have to build some floaties on that Highland lock to be able to get that whole letter across. <laughs> but they were on their way. As a side note, if you if, if if you're flying a plane over like an, a you know a countryside in the zombie apocalypse and you're looking for survivors and you see like a whole punctuated sentence spelt out in apparently like bed that's sheets. a trap. Don't go there. That's definitely a trap. <laughs> that seems very suspicious. It's a trap. Firebomb that place. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this kind of goes along with my same thing of, like, Chris Eccleston's group didn't realize how <clears throat> shockingly little amount of time it had been since this has happened before going full rapey. The movie forgets this a lot. I'm thinking specifically of the first scene where where Jim, um, uh, Killian Murphy, meets the other two survivors. And they're in the convenience store, like, telling old war stories. And the guy says, like, he's talking about the beginning of the zombie outbreak. He's like... I remember when my uh, when it happened. My dad, uh, you know, he took me to the market, and and he had the cash. And he's talking about it like it's a, a like the like the post apocalypse, like the apocalypse occurred forty years ago. And like I remember, I remember where I what my dad. He was trying was real say, hard to get them to accept his money, but it's like. It's been probably nine days at that point <laughs> since that happened. Like you're gonna be like, I remember, yeah. I remember my dad. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Well, dude, it was yesterday, so... <laughs> yeah! This yeah. movie forgets that how little sense. amount of time it's been. And it's in the fucking title. Yeah, it's kind of having its cake and eating too. It wants to have... It wants to be post-apocalyptic, but it also wants to be set, like, within the early days of the apocalypse, and they, they cross streams frequently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, next up, from a world-building standpoint, like, I love the shots of, of Murphy walking around downtown London with nothing there, but, like, zombie apocalypse happens, shouldn't there be dead bodies, like, everywhere? Like, at least one dead body somewhere. Yes. There should be at least right? one dead body This isn't somewhere. the last man on Earth. Yeah, there should be dead bodies. Yes. Yeah, I mean, unless you're doing like a like a left behind type of situation where people like straight up get teleported off the planet, I don't understand how. Well, and they obviously don't write all the dead bodies in the church except the two zombies. They just there are like to okay die indoors. There are like forty dead bodies in that church. There yeah. are more. Uh, I I am not a scholar, but there are more than forty people in London. <laughs> I'm pretty positive about that. There are several restaurants in Paris. <laughs> yeah, that was an. That was an Eloise reference. 
I don't even, even after you've told me what the reference is, I don't know what it is. Uh, children's books from the early 80s, maybe? Jack, we didn't, we didn't all do French immersion school like you. I don't think there were French books. <laughs> oh, baguette. Les wines. Ah, jante. Anyway, there's these books about a little girl who lives in the, what's the big hotel in New York, whatever the fuck. She lives in the, the hotel. And at one point, the plaza, she lives in the plaza. And she's the narrator of these books. At one point, she says, there are several restaurants in Paris. <laughs> Jake's dying. So are you. Nobody's talking. We just need <laughs> mirror <neuron. laughs> <laughs> Uh, foo for the flank. So I'm not going to I'm not going to indulge in that reference because I don't understand it, frankly, and it makes me scared. Well, here's 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 my nitpick. You have an incredibly virulent disease that they are aware of and know of. These these scientists who are experimenting with quote the rage. These scientists. Oh, this we didn't yo, talk. This movie. And and your level of security is you, you have this disease that's like basically on roller skates with these fucking monkeys who are just murder ma- murder houses. You're you're containing them like <laughs> you're containing them with a padlock. We didn't talk at all about the opening scene of this movie. I totally yo, it's this movie hates environmentalists <laughs> so much. Environmentalists cause the fucking apocalypse because they're trying to save these monkeys. I wouldn't call them environmentalists. I'd call them, like, PETA. It's PETA. They're PETA. Yeah, this movie hates sure. PETA. Yes. Well, PETA does kind of... There's it, some overlap. You know There's substantial you know overlap between those groups. I'll say that. It's it's very similar to, like, uh, my wife and I used to watch that show Whale Wars, right? Sure. I... I'm not for whaling. You're such a married man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I look, 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 look. I, I watch the DIY network until my favorite shows are over, and then I flip it over to Whale Wars. My wife and I were watching... Good story. Uh, we, we used to watch Whale Wars. And I'm not pro-whaling in theory, but I do really want to stick it to these Whale Wars people. I hate them so fucking much that I'm considering taking up whaling just to fuck them. I think we should state that A to Z horror is uh, just officially anti whaling. Yeah. Where are you going to get your clean burning lantern oil, Mark? Uh, that's a great question. Don't need it anymore. Don't need any ambergris. Uh, we're set. Ah, uh, uh, I think you'll find that some shitheads in college, like myself, used to do a lot of their homework by lantern light. That's the one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. In my yeah, life. you're a stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> next nitpick you'd think these people would have like ponchos or something like there's a scene where there's a landmine that goes off and the people who are still healthy are showered with limbs and viscera of one of these detonated rage zombies and, and like a single so drop far- can make them sick don't, don't you think they should like kind of like they should recalibrate exactly how they're killing these things and it goes out of its way to show you that they understand what to do. Frank, when you first meet him, is in a full-on, like, riot gear combat suit with a face mask and covering up all of himself. They understand. Oh, absolutely. They, they Like, that's what's mind-boggling about that. That's what makes this a nitpick. Like, like it's cool to, to have a zombie blown up by a landmine, but... 
if you've if you've set up your entire movie thus far that like a single drop of blood can kill you, maybe don't do that. Maybe have some some PPE involved. You know. <laughs> Yo, there's so many scenes in this movie where there's so much blood spraying everywhere. It's unbelievable to me. They'd be getting so many salivas inside of them. It'd be baffling like this, that they couldn't get the scene. Infected. The scene in his house uh, when the dude oh, when the dude first God. gets bitten, and he's just like he's covered in blood vomit or whatever. Yeah, and the guy he's I just have, like, no, it, it didn't get on me. I'm cool. You're like, what? I have other nitpicks with the scene in his parents' house. Keep at it. Go do it. What the fuck has power and what the fuck doesn't have power? They go out of their there are way a lot to of these. tell you, yeah, that tell you that power's out. We don't have power. Sometimes mm-hmm. they point out there's a generator. But then when he goes to his parents' house, the, the fucking VCR is just working for some horseshit reason. I assumed that off screen, uh, what's his name? The, the other guy who was with Selena before uh, Selena Murphy, uh, Mark, whatever his name was. Yeah, the, I, I remember my dad. <laughs> that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy who the thousand yard stare of. I remember it as though it were yesterday because it was literally three days ago. I had just assumed <laughs> he was off screen, like peddling some type of human powered generator, so that Killian Murphy could have his emotional catharsis moment. Yeah, in little booties. He's watching home videos. Hey man, have you ever gone back and watched your home videos? They're pretty funny. They're hilarious. They are not. They're depressing as fuck. I don't like it. They're also they're depressing, but also funny. It's like a like depressing funny. Wow. It's like a it's like a sad but happy. You're making me sad, and I hate being sad. <laughs> Jack's gonna cry on air for the first time ever. Here it comes. How hard is it to be a kid, Jack? Tell us. I have I not cried on air yet. I don't think so. <laughs> I know I got close. I know I've gotten close a couple of times. I feel like I feel like that's what should take us to ratings. Can we go to ratings? Do you guys have anything else to say? Nothing else. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Shaggy would rate the likelihood that it was him. But she got me on the counter. Saw me banging on the sofa. I even had her in the shower. And for 10, think of how Durs would rate the Cajun chicken niblets. Uh, first of all, I'd like to see the chef face to face. These are the best Cajun chicken niblets I've ever had. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. Which I guess means I have to rate it for story. It does. Are you going to vamp hard? Hard. Hard. No, I'm just going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a tight seven. This is a zombie. Because this is is squarely in the zombie category. But this is the movie that like revitalized the zombies and gave us the fast zombies. It does interesting things with the rage. It's not, they're not quite zombies. It's doing a lot. It does the, the isolation thing. The relationship thing that then goes south it, this movie does a lot of different things and i i think it does them all pretty well it certainly has its problems and the 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 we've talked about the bonkersness with chris eccleston's group of rapists uh but it it does a lot of interesting things and i think it does them pretty well it's unique for the time it's a seven jake yeah <clears throat> no i agree with you same score i look Zombie movies, interestingly, have, like, a pretty high floor, I think, for their story, because typically what you see is, like, a more human drama than in a lot of horror movies, so I will say that. Smart. 
This one does have, like you said, the Chris Eccleston weird group thing, but that's kind of like what introduces you to its flavor of human struggle. So take it or leave it. It's a little bit weird, but at least it's there. Um, it's a seven. Like this thing, it does what a zombie movie needs to do. It doesn't do a whole lot outside of that that is completely revolutionary. But like you said, Jack, I mean, it introduces you to a few new things with zombies. I think that it was timely in terms of the way it kind of brought into the fold a new type of zombie that had to do with fears that were very real at the time, at least in the UK. And that's good enough for me to be a pretty high score. Yeah, Mark. <clears throat> word six and a half it look it, it's a like jake was saying it's a it's a same story new lens type of thing it's good it's a little bit tropey like how many times have we seen the uh yeah. troop of soldiers who have gone crazy type of storytelling mechanic totally or that they're comfortable in his parents house and then zombies break through the windows yeah it's trope heavy it's yeah exactly it but you know it executes well and the first half of the movie is enough to carry it for the rest of the thing so it's it's better than average from a storytelling standpoint six and a half all right yep world building and immersion is our second category and i'm gonna give it a five for world building and immersion this is right down the line it's 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 a weird one because it's got the digital film thing it doesn't look particularly great but that also helps it a little bit in some ways so that's a weird kind of dichotomy it it also has really good shit with Killian Murphy, like walking down the empty streets of London, which is really cool and sucks you in. But then he like cracks a Pepsi and takes a big long drink and goes, (laughs) (laughs) how satisfying for those who think (laughs) you're Pepsi. For those who think (laughs) you're generation. And that's, that's tough. And that takes out a little bit. So it's, it's a five it's, it's dead center for me. Yeah. I mean, pretty much same reasons as you just suggested. I gave it a six. Maybe I just hit a little bit, harder by first of all that initial scene but I, th- I think that the very interesting thing that this film does is the way that it's filmed uh i look back on this and i look back on it fondly i think that this is a really nice it doesn't look nice but it is a nice way to view this sort of a movie and 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 frankly sequence of events through that type of lens so it was interesting to see and i'd kind of forgotten about some of the extent to which it went into that grime factor which was nice to see so six I like it, Mark. I also give it a six. I, we've we've touched on it heavily. It's a pretty immersive movie. The really only tack against it is that it's literally kind of hard to watch. But they also do like a great job. I don't feel like we've talked about this quite yet of building the world around the apocalypse. The scene we we I mean we did talk about this part heavily where they're going up into the church earlier. I mean that scene is like one of the quintessential world building scenes like right the the end is really fucking nigh that, that's extremely a fucking heavily extremely yeah extremely fucking nigh that is a heavily referenced and parodied scene and i mean ultimately we ended up with basically it was just kind of nigh adjacent you know the, the, the movie didn't the world didn't actually end so the guy was wrong ultimately <laughs> we but, were just nigh adjacent but that but that type of that type of world building is is what sort of sets the backdrop for this movie that ends up being really really good. Sure, I like that. That's all I yeah, have. Yeah, buy that. Yeah. Scare factor. So our next category, I'm gonna give it a six 
for Scare Factor. This movie does a really good job of making you feel the isolation. You wake up with Killian Murphy confused. You don't know what's going on. You know it's frantic. I know I need to grab whatever I can and shove it into this trash bag I found, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. It then has some jump scares. The jump scares kind of straddle that line of they're not particularly earned, but they are effective. So I, I like that. It doesn't solely rely upon them, but it does use them as much as it can. And it's just, it's not the scariest movie in the world, but there are some really scary concepts. There's some good dread and there's good jump scares. So it's a six. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a seven, a little bit higher than you, but it's really for the same reasons. I think this, what this did for the zombie in terms of like a relatively realistic look at it, it's based in what was happening at the time. And frankly, just that quick moving frenetic pace is it's a little bit disconcerting when you're watching it you feel it so i that hit me hard enough uh especially in comparison to other zombie movies so i i gave it that little bit of an extra bump yeah mark you know zombie movies are really hard to rate i gave this a four Mm mm-hmm and I don't hate that. Uh, yeah, it's it, the thing is yeah. like ultimately the the these movies come down they're definitely horror but they come down to like the horror that you it's like a psychological horror of being trapped with other humans and not so much being yes. like stalked by zombies. It's a good point. Yeah, I didn't we neither of us mentioned the the human factor really of what you're dealing with with the evil of people yeah. but yeah. I mean that's point. what most zombie movies boil down to. Yeah. And like and that's that's creepy and weird, but ultimately this movie, if you're looking at it just from a purely scare standpoint, is a few there's a few like jump scares when things come through the plate glass window and the church scene's pretty good. But outside of that, there's like not a whole lot here that's like legitimately scary. I think I think I'm low from what this should be. And I'm glad you guys went higher than I did. But, I, you know, I feel like our average score is probably a little bit more indicative of what this movie probably ought to be. Sure. All right. Uh, effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category. I'm going to give it a five. Look, this is this is right down the fucking middle for me. It's serviceable. The effects are serviceable. The zombies look fine. The blood looks fine. The explosions of blood look fine. They lose some points for that, like, digital thing. It looks weird. It's letterboxed on the TV. That has to be put in this category more than anywhere else. And it doesn't... I guess. It doesn't look great. There's... They they rely too much on the, the taxi cab that they, they wanted to feature so heavily because it's so iconic in Britain, which is cool. We didn't even then, talk like, about that scene. It, we that didn't. scene is no, bonkers. They use it to, like, go four-wheeling up a bunch of pile of other cars and zombies it doesn't make and, any yeah, shopping carts yeah yeah fuck it's, that shit it's not a it it is that is one of the lowest to the ground cars you could possibly imagine so yeah. like there's some problems with the props there there's problems with the electricity which is a key thing i think that fits into effects a little bit who knows it's a five it's no, right no, no, down no. the middle for me mark was off screen riding a riding a generator bicycle powering everything the whole time all right obviously yeah yeah. Until he died, obviously. So what I'm going to do for my effect score is I'm going to take what Jack said, and then I'm going to like start throwing things into the pot. So I think 
on top of what he said, I personally, and I've mentioned this already, but I'll mention it again. I personally really liked the approach that they took to filming this with the grit and the grime and the digital lens and then changing that over, as Mark had mentioned, to a much more beautiful cinematic look for the end of the movie. That's a nice touch. Uh, you also have that iconic opening sequence, which I think both from a visual standpoint and just the sheer effort that went into shutting down entire parts of London, one of the biggest and frankly most probably nightmarish cities to try to shut down for a, a shoot uh, that you could do. Uh, pretty crazy. but uh, And then I'll also add Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Set it to that. Doing pretty well from a sound perspective as well. I gave yeah. it a seven. Uh, I hear whatever I hear everything Jack's saying, but I'm giving it a couple extra points for a few of those things that it did. Okay, yeah, I like that. Mark, uh, I'm conflicted, but I'm gonna go ahead and take a stance. I I am gonna go higher than both of you guys. I went an eight. I understand nice. that this movie does not objectively. An eight. I know this movie doesn't like objectively. It doesn't look good anymore, which is which is kind of sad. But the fact that they chose to go from digital to film to me implies that they knew it didn't look good. It didn't look like what they like what real life looked like. And then when they transition to film, they go back to like the normal, relatively HD film. And to me, that implies that the whole movie's visual effects is a choice to make a point that, you know, to sell the atmosphere of the zombie apocalypse. And I get that it doesn't age particularly well, but I, I love they made that choice. Uh, and beyond that, like like both of you guys have said, the gore looks good. The the props, I mean, Jack, you kind of hated, the, you didn't hate the props, but you had some issues with it. I think ultimately, like, the props more than average serve the purpose of the movie. There's some probably internal logical issues that probably reside more within the script than with the effects, but this is a really solid effects movie. It looks good from start to finish, assuming that you understand that they're making the visual effects choice to kind of sell the world. So I gave it an 8. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. That's Hmm. going to lead us into overall, um, which that's a tricky one for me. For me, it's a bump up for sure. I'm going to give it a seven for overall. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, look, a big part of this is that my wife loves watching this movie and I love watching horror movies with her. So a movie she's like down to watch and wants to watch a lot. That's, that's going to be a bit of a bump up. So she's DTW not be a totally objective measurement, but also it does get a bump up because I think this movie is a seven in terms of how much you enjoy watching it. It has its problems, certainly, but man, it's a fun and good movie to watch. Killian Murphy is great. Um, it's just good. It's a good movie. I don't know. I'm drunk. Nice. Jake, good good work. <laughs> I gave place. it an eight. I went a little bit higher. For me, what this really boils down to is this <clears throat> kind of led us into the current era of the zombie genre, and it did it in a way that was pretty bombastic, I think. It, it was a sign of the times. It was very gritty, very grimy. I felt like it was very down-to-earth, and it had a lot of very iconic imagery associated with it that really sticks in my memory. Like I went for a pretty long time without having seen this movie. And I remember a lot of those opening sequences, like very vividly, like when I watched this movie, they played out exactly as I remembered them. And I think that has to count for something. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. 
Guys. I've heard that. I've heard that from a, from yeah. another thing. Yeah. So this is a hero. Eight. No, this is this uh, is a legend. It might never die. It might be a legend. But currently, I'm not going to let on to that. Mm-hmm. This is this is very confusing. We've made this much harder than it needs to be. <laughs> Uh, I gave this a seven, Mark. and I think this is a substantial. This is a substantial tilt up. Bullshit, you. Why? I mean, I mean, look, this is a fun movie to watch. This is one of the best zombie movies there is. I think. I that Ooh, fun. that's interesting. I ultimately, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, this is one of the first I'm going to recommend to someone looking for a zombie movie. Is that no? Is that not right? It's not the first. One of the first is a. Cop out statement. Top three. Top, top three I'm recommending. To. It's gonna be this, it's gonna be Dawn of the Dead, the Mackay Pfeiffer one, and probably like What? Night of the Living Dead. Oh, you said a lot of words just this then. is this is hard. We have to give a top three zombie. Are you just gonna say yours or are you expecting us to I mean those are mine and then I, I think know. the other two to round it out would probably be the girl with all the gifts and No. No? What do you mean no? No. I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Dude, that movie's really good. Eh. I gave this movie a seven. It's it's good zombie fare. It's, it's in my top three. Wow. This is one of the wow. first ones I'm going to recommend to people. It's like, this is what zombie movies should be. Visually, it doesn't age well, but I don't care. It's still good. I agree with you. This is what zombie movies should be, and that's why you should watch it with your buddies and get drunk and uh, have some fun watching it, because it's what zombie movies should be. And I think that it's a really good indication, like I said, of that period of time like if you're gonna sit down and watch some movies with your buddies have something that you can talk about and having the discussion like jack and i didn't give our top three zombie movies or anything like that but at least you can start to get into that conversation because this is that iconic a movie from that genre's perspective so at least you have that going for you just so you know you guys are welcome to give your top three zombie movies if you feel so inclined dun, dun, dun. i mean mine is definitely one Yes, that's Romero. Romero, Night of the Living Dead. There's only one of those, so good. Yep, didn't need to clarify, but I'm I glad just you need did. To make it, make it clear. I'm gonna make it clear. Uh, Shaun of the wow. Dead is up there. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is very good. Yeah, yeah. and Probably this might be third. One. This might be third. That's what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. See, but it I might really also be time. Romero's Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Yeah, it's a really good one, man. Mm. I have a really hard t- I mean, a lot of people do say Day of the Dead. I have a really hard time because I have four that I'm trying to jam into three places. Night of the Living Dead is is one. It will forever and always be number one. I think that's that's one of the best. Zombies weren't a thing. It wasn't a trope. Time. It wasn't a genre. It wasn't an anything. Romero. Yeah. 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 And then it gets really dicey because this is in play. Sean of the Dead is in play. And the one that you guys haven't mentioned yet that I personally really like is Return of the Living Dead. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Where does where does Pontypool fit in? Not in the conversation, wow. okay. but I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Great. I gave my argument. You guys have to tag team the other side. Why shouldn't you watch this with your buddies and get drunk? A lot of Killian Murphy dong, and it's letterboxed. Whole lot of wang dang doodle. Yeah. Uh, also, like, oh. I feel like if you're not, if you go into this one with someone who doesn't actively want to watch it, they're going to rag on the fact that it looks like it was shot on an iPhone from 2002. Yes. 
It's intense. It's an all, look, from I ultimately like the decision. An iPhone but from if five you're not, years before iPhones existed. If you're not up for it, then you're not gonna be you're not gonna be happy with the fact that it looks super granular and like overexposed. True. That's all I'm saying. Visually it's hard to digest unless you're in the mood to do that. Okay. Okay. Also, yeah. We haven't really even touched on this. The Killian Murphy's character arc goes from milk toast nothing head to green beret badass at the drop of a hat for no fucking reason. Woo! <laughs> it's awesome. Hold my beer. I'm just gonna go quickly dismantle this troop. Hold my hold my beer is perfect, buddy fodder. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's so, exactly why. Like I'm all recent hold movies, my beer. Thing, uh, my argument guy. wins out. Mark, you and I win. Huzzah! Jack, you're shit. on a streak. I'm glad I'm on your team. Yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm really killing it. Uh, which, Jake, get us the fuck out of here. Ugh, fine, fine. This has been episode 76 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a tozhorror.com. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you want to check out what's going on with the Phantom Podcast Network, you can head on over to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. If you are interested in checking out our social media channels, you can hang out with us on either Facebook or Twitter. Those links are going to be down there in the description below. And if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and give it a like, give it a rating, or if you really want to help us out, just go ahead and tell somebody you know that's into horror about the podcast, because believe it or not, that actually does help. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear, and next week we are going to be checking out... It's kind of discombobulated, but we're going to be checking out the follow-up to what was originally Jew on. We're checking out The Grudge, Noise. so stay tuned for that. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. There was this whole wave of existential dread, and I was like, you know what You know what cures existential dread? Kidnapping women for sex slaves. That, so that's what we did, you know? You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>